0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for a wonderful time of worship, singing his praises, singing these songs to the Lord. I want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. had a wonderful Father's Day last week and Father's Day message for our fathers. If you, for some reason, were not able to hear that or be part of that, it's on our website or the youtube channel i would i would encourage you to listen to it i pray i believe it's a word for our fathers in this in this church and in this hour i want you if you would to read with me in hebrews chapter 11 just one verse verse 7 hebrews eleven seven. by faith noah being warned of god of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house By the which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. The only way to be right with God, the only way to serve the one true living God, the only way to please God Almighty, have any kind of right relationship with him at all, is by faith. This whole chapter deals with faith, and this verse says, by faith Noah, and then it tells what he did. By faith Noah did what he did and by faith he received what he received but there is no other way there is no other way to to truly know the lord walk with the lord please god the bible says whatever is not a faith is sin so if we're just going through the motions, motions religiously of what we know to be true in christianity without a heart faith that is actually sin whatever is not a faith is sin. And we're talking this morning about faith, and we're talking this morning about a faith in the heart and from the heart, from the heart, where we truly believe in God and we believe in his only son, Jesus Christ. True faith, not in our minds only, it includes our minds, but is well beyond that, and it is faith in our hearts. When Philip was ministering in Samaria, and there was great revival there, and Peter and John came and prayed, and the and the new believers there were baptized. And then Peter and John put their hands on them; they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And God quickly moved Philip to to meet one individual, this Ethiopian uh, eunuch who was traveling on this Gaza road back to Ethiopia. He was he was part of uh, Candace's, uh, the Queen of Ethiopia's. Um, uh, What would you say part of her ruling uh servant to to her and he was reading in isaiah in isaiah 53 and the lord sends philip to go bring the gospel to him and the man invites philip up into his chariot and philip begins to preach christ to him from isaiah 53 right where he was wounded for our transgressions and so forth and it was he preached christ to him and somewhere along the line Philip must have talked to him about baptism as he's traveling up in his chariot must have been a wonderful uh, ride in that chariot and the man says look see here is water what doth hinder me to be baptized and Philip says if you believe with all your heart thou mayest it's always our belief in God has to be from the heart for it to be any kind of belief at all If you believe, the only stipulation, Philip says, to hinder you from being baptized is if you don't believe from from your heart. But if you believe with all your heart, you mayest. You may be baptized into this faith, into this new salvation and, and receive this life. And so he says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he baptized him in the water right there. What's the point of that? The point is that we're not talking about a head knowledge by faith noah it wasn't a head knowledge he believed with all of his heart the ethiopian eunuch believed with all of his heart the bible says uh that we have praised god he says paul said to the romans but god be thanked that ye were the servants of sin that's what all of us were before we came to christ but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you and so uh, I'm going to belabor the point for just a moment. It's not merely a mental grasp of the historical Jesus or the history of the Bible. Like we had a wonderful Sunday school lesson this morning from Hosea, recounting Israel's uh, backslidings and wanderings from God and their idolatry and how God was merciful to them. It's not just that we mentally agree with these things. It is a faith and belief from the heart. We do have to mentally agree with them, too. It's not contrary to our minds. The Bible says we're to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind. So it includes the mind, but it has to be the heart. And so these things are needed. It's not enough for someone to, to simply have a favorable opinion about the Lord. They say, well, I believe the Bible. And, and there are they're, you know, pros and cons for Jesus. They believe and they have a favorable opinion about the Lord. They would consider themselves to be in agreement with the scriptures. That's not enough. It has to be a faith from our hearts. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe where? In our heart. In our heart. We have to believe in our heart. If we believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the heart we believe unto righteousness. It really is an amazing thing, but this is what we're called to do, and this is the true faith that we're talking about. Noah became the heir. We read, read in the scripture in Hebrews eleven seven. Noah became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. He became heir to that. I would say that many people and I, th- I think our, our churches might be filled with uh, many people, and the world might be filled with many people that have a favorable opinion of the Lord. If you negative or, or positive your opinion of the Lord, it would be favorable, many people. Uh, do you believe the scriptures? You, you, know, you believe that the Bible or that Jesus died for our sins? A lot of people, we meet them all the time that would agree with that, but they're not born again. They're not born again. They're not saved. They haven't passed from death to life. Because it's in their minds only and not in their hearts. When it's our hearts, we surrender. When it's our hearts, we follow. When it's in our hearts and we believe God, we obey what he says. And we obey him above everything else. We say yes to his will. And we joyfully do it. There were many people in Jesus' day that believed upon him, that weren't saved. In John chapter 8, we don't have the time to turn there, but in John chapter 8, it says Jesus was speaking to them about the, the kingdom of God and so forth. And it says, as he spake these words, many believed upon him. That's what the Bible says in Romans 8. Then said Jesus unto those Jews which believed upon him. So we're talking about not the people that said, "Oh, you're you're crazy. We not we don't want to hear this." We're talking about the people that he was speaking to that as he was speaking to he, they believed. Many believed upon him. Then Jesus spoke unto the unto them that believed upon him, and he says, "If you continue in my word, then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you continue in my word." So whatever belief they had, they were well on their way, but they weren't there yet. They were well on their way, but they weren't there yet. And in John chapter 6, we talk about this all the time, that Jesus had 70 disciples. And when he preached this sermon about whoever doesn't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood has no part of me. And they said, this is a hard saying. Who can know it? Who can hear it? And, and, and they left. They didn't. It says they walked no more with him. So whatever faith they had, it was faith up to a point. It was faith up to an extent. They believed the Lord up to a certain point. For, that, for them, this was the, the place where they walked no more with him. So Jesus turns to the 12 at that moment and says, Will you go away also? And Peter spoke up wonderfully for the, for the 12 and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what the difference was between those that left and those that stayed? It was that right there. They didn't understand everything perfectly. Peter would later deny the Lord after this and then come back. The difference was a heart faith or, or as opposed to a mental agreement with but then it ended up costing them something, and it was too much for them. We're done with this. It says they walk no more with him. But she, Peter says, "We are we believe and are sure." Believe. There's the faith, and are sure. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And so James says in in James chapter two, he says that uh, faith without works is dead if it's alone. Faith as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. Isn't that strange? The the Bible actually tells us there can be a dead faith. It it almost sounds like it's impossible, but there's there's a living faith, which is the true faith, and there is a dead faith. That's the way the Bible describes it. It's a faith that would agree. And, and go along with, with the teachings of the Bible and say, I agree that he was born of a virgin. I believe he's the only Savior. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And they put a check mark at every place they're supposed to put a check mark. And maybe they go to church and, and, and so forth. But faith without works. Rahab believed the Lord. And she believed the Lord enough to hide the spies, the Jewish Hebrew spies that were coming to uh, Jericho. Her faith produced something in her that was of God. It produced something in her to do. And so we're not saved by works, but we're saved by a living faith, and that living faith will have works. That living faith will have works, okay? And it is a belief from the heart. And so... The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, if you're still in, in Hebrews 11, you can see it at the beginning of the chapter. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. I think this is very key and fundamental in biblical faith. Not a dead faith, but a true living faith is thats is verse 2, for by it the elders obtained a good report. By true faith in God, that true faith in God is going, to, uh, is going to receive from the Lord. It's going to receive something. It's going to receive eternal life. It's going to receive, and, and that way we're passed from death to life. True faith in God is going to have rewards to it. True faith in God is going to result in something. Something substantial, something that's of God, it's going to result in His will being done from, from your in your life and for your life. So there is a true faith by which the elders obtained a good report and by which you and I and any man is going to receive from the Lord. The only way you're going to receive anything from God is by faith. Say, I really need peace. I'm stressed out all the time. God wants to give it to you. He's the Prince of Peace. He is the he's the god of all peace and he gives the peace of god which passes understanding the only way you're going to receive that or i'm going to receive that is by faith true faith it's not enough for me to know the scripture i do need to know the scriptures that talk about the peace of god peace i give unto thee my peace i leave with thee not as the world giveth giveth i unto thee i need to know the scriptures but i need to go beyond the scriptures and lay hold on that by true faith in my heart to lay hold to receive from God, amen, to receive from the Lord. The only way that we're going to re- uh, true faith is going to obtain uh, mercy. You know, we heard it in Sunday school, the verse in Hosea and then repeated in 1 Peter, which in times past were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You know what? God is merciful to all. He's merciful to all. But in order for me to obtain mercy to where I actually benefit from the mercy of God, I need to lay hold on Christ by faith. God is gracious to all, but the only way I'm going to benefit from the grace of God is if I believe on his son who he sent to die and rose again from the dead and give my life to him. Then I'm a recipient of the grace of God. And I'm ministered to and blessed by that and receive the gift of eternal life. So there is a true faith. The elders had it. That are spoken of here. And we are to have it. And it's the only way that you're going to obtain from God. A right standing with the Lord. The blessings of God. A good report. What does it mean that the elders by faith. The elders obtained a good report. They got something. You know what they they received. And it's worth more than all the money in the world. A good report means a witness. A testimony. To give evidence. To bear record. To be well reported of. God actually spoke of them and said, these are mine. These are mine. You couldn't put a price tag on that. These have done what I've called them to do. Later in this chapter, I'm just going to read it myself very quickly. By faith, well, it says in verse 4, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by the which he obtained. There it is again. By the which Abel obtained witness that he was righteous you ever think well you say well, he offered a better sacrifice than Cain okay that's great that's wonderful but by that offering a blood sacrifice that Abel offered that God accepted that God required he obtained witness from the Lord back to back to Abel saying i'm testifying that you're righteous. God testifying of his gifts. This is Hebrews 11.4. And by it he being dead yet speaketh. The end of this whole chapter. says all these. Having obtained a good report through faith. All of these. All that Joshua and Enoch. And Abraham and Sarah. and All those that are mentioned in Hebrews 11. And then the nameless ones that we don't know their names. They're not nameless. They're nameless to us. Uh, they all obtained a good report. Through faith, if you want and I want to receive anything from God, it has to be by faith. If you and I desire to please the Lord, it has to be by faith. If you and I desire to do for the Lord and serve God, why can't I do miracles like Joshua? I mean, he marched around the city and and each day, you know. Silently, and the priests blowing the trumpet on the seventh day, they shouted and the walls fell. Why can't I do something like that? You can. You can. You can do whatever God calls us to do, and we have to do it by faith. Peter walked on water, he did it by faith. He actually walked on water. We do it by faith, and we do it at his bidding as he leads us. But we have to do and receive and believe. Uh, We have to do it all by faith, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. I know that you know that verse. It doesn't say it's difficult to please God. He says without faith, it is impossible to please God. You'll never do it. Well, Lord, I'm working hard. I'm doing all these things in the name of Christ, and I'm, I'm giving money, and I'm doing this. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if in my Christian service and so forth, I'm not diligently seeking him, then I'm not going to receive the reward. I have to believe he is, and I have to believe he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we're talking about faith this morning. We're using Noah as our wonderful example. So look back at verse 7. It says, we're going to break down a lot in this one verse, but it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Now, we just said, we read at the beginning of this chapter, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says in Romans, For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? In other words, if you've already got something, you don't have to hope for it. If I hope my team wins and they, just, they already won, I don't have to hope for that anymore. You understand what I'm saying? If I hope that I'm healed, but I've, I've just already been healed, then I'm not going to hope for that anymore. I might hope for something else. And and so evidence of things not seen. And so Noah was warned of God of things that had not happened yet. I know this sounds pretty elementary, but he God showed him some things that he was going to do. God showed Noah what he was going to do and Noah believed him. And he believed him for things that had not ever happened before, that he had certainly never seen before, that had never taken place in all of creation before, Noah believed God that it was going to be like God told him. That's the same thing when when Paul was on the boat, on the ship that was tossed to and fro and and uh, there were 270 souls in all on the ship, and he's heading to Rome for his final prison stay there where he would later, later be martyred. And he fasted and prayed, and the Lord said, you're going to be okay. The ship's going to be lost, but everybody with you is going to be saved. And saved every single life. they got to do what I'm telling them to do. they got to stay with the ship. Throw all the cargo over, but every life's going to be saved. Bunch of heathen, bunch of lost people, people that didn't know God and Paul. And... The, the, he, Paul stands up and the storm, still raging. It's still raging. It's as bad. And these are grown-ups and they're grown sailors that have been out there all their lives and they were scared. This was some unusual two-week-long whatever-how-long-it-was storm. They couldn't see the sun, the moon, the stars, nothing. And the ship's starting to break apart. And Paul says, be of good cheer. I believe an angel of the Lord stood by me this night he told me everybody's going to be safe. And you know what? I believe it's going to be just like the Lord told me. I want to be like Paul. I want to believe it's going to be just like the Lord told me contrary to what I see with my eyes. Amen? That's what Noah did. That's what every one of these people when you read about their lives, we just get a little snapshot here in Hebrews 11. You go to the Old Testament and you read about them. That's actually, It doesn't mean they were perfect. It never means, doesn't mean they never had some shadow of doubt creep in. But they when it when it came down to it, they believed God. Abraham doubted, but he believed. You know, when he received the child of the promise, he and Sarah both. But the Bible says of us, as just as Christians, as believers, of, of whom, have, whom, having not seen, speaking of Christ, you love, in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's us. Has anybody in here seen Christ? I mean, really seen him sitting on his throne like you were there? We have not, whom having not seen, you love. We're going to see him one day. We're going to see him face to face. We'll see him and we'll know him as we're known of him, the Bible says. But we haven't seen him. This is faith. Though now you see him not, yet believing, Peter says, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. So God warned Noah of some things He was going to do. Okay, y'all know that when God sent the flood, I know that you know this. When God sent the flood upon the whole earth, that it had up until that point it had not rained on the earth. That's something. That's something that we might just skim over. I'll just read this to you for time's sake. For the Lord, this is from Genesis two before Noah for the lord god had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground and so noah is having to really having to really believe god for things not seen it never rained on the earth but god says it's going to flood whole earth had never been destroyed before but he says it's going to be there'd never been an ark before there there'd never been all those animals gathered together all these things and he's calling one man to do it and he had to believe him believe him for it and and he did and his faith obtained for him amen it obtained for him so i want you to read with me you can turn back to genesis we're going to look just briefly at noah in the old testament chapter 6 genesis chapter 6 Let's read seven through nine, and then we'll skip down. Genesis six seven, and the Lord said, "I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them." But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and it goes on to say, "These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect. Doesn't mean he was sinless. He was he was perfect in and fearing God and." He was perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God, okay? So we see Noah totally contrasted from the rest of humanity and creation, right? God says, I'm going to destroy everybody, but here's this one man. Here's Noah. He feared God. He walked with God. He, he was perfect in his generation, and praise God, he found grace. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 13, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thou an ark of gopher wood. We'll just stop right there. So that's that's what he's called to do. Here's what I see. Here's the judgment I'm going to pronounce. These are things that have not happened before. God is warning Noah of things not yet seen. Here's what I'm going to do. So it's just God and Noah. God's Word, and he either believes him or doesn't. I'm going to do all of this. Now, here, Noah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make an ark of gopher wood. That's what I want you to do. And he gives them the dimensions and, and descriptions of it and so forth. But the Bible says back in Hebrews 11:7, by faith, Noah, being warned of things not seen as of yet, prepared an ark. A little prep preposition in there he hadn't seen him yet but you could say Noah prepared an ark okay Noah though God warned him of things to come and by faith he prepared an ark look at if you're still in Genesis 6 verse 22 I love this verse it's short it's simple and it tells the life right here thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him so did he no back and forth about it. No arguments. Well, God, I can't, and I can't, and this and that, and, and here's why I can't, and, and this doesn't make sense. And I've never seen water before coming out of the sky or whatever. He didn't go on. It just says, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So did he. Exactly. Because he told him the dimensions and the windows to put it in it and how to seal it and make it watertight with the pitch that he put on it and so forth. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So did he. And we're told in Hebrews he did it by, by faith. In Hebrews 11 that he did it by faith. 120 years in building the ark. 120 years in building the ark. Okay? He accomplished it. We know he did it by the grace of God. We know the Lord had to help him. We know the Lord had to enable him to do it. But this man built the ark. He accomplished it. He actually built the ark, depending on what measurements you use, and this is going to all be very close, 625 feet long. Football field without the end zone is 100 yards, okay, 300 feet. Uh, 625 feet long, 104 feet wide, 62 and a half feet tall. He accomplished it. He built the ark. The Bible says in Romans, therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. It is by faith in the Lord that he might reward that faith by his grace. Noah found grace and by faith he built. Amen. Amen. So Noah's obedience by faith obtained some things for himself. We talked about the elders obtained a good report. He's one of those elders, okay? But what else did Noah obtain? Well, he obtained, it says in Hebrews eleven seven to the saving of his house. The, the ark that God commanded him to build, that he spent 120 years in building, that ark that came from his own hands that he built, ended up being the salvation for him and his family. It really is an amazing thing. He he obtained salvation. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven seven, by the which he condemned the world. Y'all ever thought about that? It's Hebrews eleven seven. By the which he condemned the world. That that word con- condemnation or condemned means to sentence, to judge against, to damn, okay, to actually pronounce this sentence. So I said, you have the whole world that's gone off and corrupted themselves in sin. And you hear have Noah. They all could have been like Noah. They weren't, right? God doesn't just pick and choose. Noah feared God. Noah walked with God. But here is this one man in him, by believing God and building the ark, in obedience to the Lord, actually condemned the world. His life and his obedience to Christ condemned or damned an unbelieving, sin-filled world. I just want to read this. It says in Second Peter 2, And God spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. He was, he was a preacher of righteousness. We don't read one of his sermons in the Bible. You know what? I, I believe he sh- shared and prophesied and warned men, okay? I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's called a preacher of righteousness. But I think his greatest sermon was him spending 120 years building that ark because God said he was going to destroy the world. And people passed by and people saw. They saw it taking shape, and they saw this huge thing. What in the world is that old guy doing up there? Well, if they got close enough, he would tell them. And he did it the next day, and he did it the next day for 120 years. He condemned the world through his obedience to the Lord. There was one old preacher that said Noah was the greatest preacher who ever ever lived. He said, well, how can that be? He went on to say, if he he said, Noah was the greatest preacher that ever lived. He said, everyone he didn't save, he damned. Everyone he didn't save, he damned. That's good preaching. That's good preaching. We're not supposed to leave people, uh, and the gospel is not to leave people unaffected. It is to bring people to a decision, to a place of repentance to Christ that is what it's designed to do so everyone that didn't get saved well who did get saved noah was saved and his wife and his three sons and their three wives eight people they were saved he convinced them god spoke to him he spoke to them and they were on the boat with him and everybody else that didn't believe was damned and destroyed and so it goes on to say in that Hebrews eleven seven 7, he became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. And I think of all the things that Noah received, this is the greatest blessing of all. Everybody's going to get old and die at one point. People used to live a lot longer, but they still died. Noah got old after the flood and he died eventually. But he became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So what's the big deal? It's needed. It's necessary. True righteousness is needed for us to go to heaven. True righteousness is needed for us to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to enter into God's kingdom one day. What Abra- say it the scriptures, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. He believed. Noah, by faith, built the ark and he became the heir of the righteousness, it- righteousness which is by faith. I think we do great injustice an error to the word of God and to the Old Testament and the seriousness and the magnitude of this account of the flood when we turn it into a little children's story. I'm guilty of it. I've done it before. But I think we do great uh, injustice to the scriptures and to the seriousness and magnitude of what God was doing when we turn it into a children's story about animals and a little floating zoo, and that's all it is. I've done it before, so I say, God, forgive me. Not that you can't enjoy some of that. My point is if we just boil it down to that, when it comes to Noah and the flood and the ark and the animals, that's a kid's story. That's a kid's story. Even if it's true, it's still a kid's story. But it's, it's not. We do great injustice to the word of God, and we'll say, you know, can here's a little toy ark, and can you... See the two giraffes, and where are the two zebras? Here are the two zebras, and, you know, and Noah looks like a little cartoon character, and it's all a big joke. But the reality of it is, why was there a flood? Why was there a flood? Why did Almighty God destroy every living creature that he created in his image? And when he finished with it, he said, it's good. Behold, it's very good. End of Genesis chapter 1. It's very good. Why did he do that? Why did he destroy both man and beast, every living thing on the globe? That's what we need to be teaching. That's what we need to get from from, uh, the Genesis account of the flood and Noah and the ark. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. It's the most severe Judgment, devastating judgment of Almighty God this world has ever seen. Every living creature was destroyed. It shows a few things to me. If we'll we'll listen, it shows that the wages of sin is death. It shows God's hatred of man's sin. Because when he created everything, it was good and perfect. Perfect. But then all flesh corrupted itself by sin to a point where they were just continuing on that way. All but Noah, okay, Noah found grace. Amen. He was a righteous man and walked with God. But the, the, the account of the flood, the biblical account of the flood, it shows the seriousness of sin. And it's no difference today. God promised to never flood the earth, destroy the earth again with the flood. He's going to keep his promise. He said his bow in the air, okay, the rainbow in the air as a token of that covenant to never destroy the earth again by a flood. But he still has the same hatred for sin. The wages of man's sin is still death. That hasn't changed. We're in an age of grace we're in the uh the gospel age and so forth, and there's free salvation through Jesus Christ and all who believe who died for the sins of the world and yet God, the wages of sin that's a New Testament scripture by the way is death it's still death and the, and the creation and the flood account in noah's day shows a few things it shows. The, the, God's hatred to sin for sin it shows the wages of sin and it shows the love and mercy of the Savior yes Noah's ark it shows the love and the mercy of the Savior for 120 years he was long suffering however much time before that too but specifically he had a preacher of righteousness preaching and whosoever will could have gotten on that boat and been saved And they chose not to. Roy, I've got something I want to just show real quickly here. That's i I'm not much on theatrics and so forth. You know, I don't do this often, but it's not a kid's story. I know that's an animated thing. Somebody did a good job putting it together. The point is, God had to judge the whole world, and he loves the world because of man's sin, but he provided a savior. He provided in Noah's day the ark. That ark would be a type of Christ. And because he believed and prepared the ark and obeyed the Lord, he was saved. It provided, provided salvation to his household. It provided salvation to his household. I want you to turn with me, and we're about to close, to Matthew chapter 24. The it Discourse, and Jesus is talking to his disciples about end times events and things that are going to take place. Before he comes back. Matthew 24, 37 through 39. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. How many of you know it's not a fairy tale? It's not a fairy tale. It wasn't a fairy tale in Noah's day. It's not a cute little kid's story about animals on a boat. In a floating zoo. How much fun they must have had out there. As, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be." Peter says, for they, this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God. The heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being old, overflowed with water perished. We're talking about faith and we're talking about believing God. We're talking about obeying the Lord by faith, with a living faith. and A true faith in Almighty God. I want to close with this this thought. We don't read in the Bible, whether it's Noah or Joshua or Enoch or Abraham or Sarah or or Abel, we don't read about these people of faith in in the Bible, in Hebrews 11 especially. And it doesn't say by faith Noah did whatever he wanted to do. It doesn't say by faith Noah did. Claimed whatever he wanted to claim. Financial prosperity or so forth for himself. It doesn't say by faith Noah named it and claimed it. And says you have to do it God. Because you have to answer men's prayers. We know better than that. Okay. It does, the Bible does say by, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. Thus did he. He did all that God commanded him true faith is going to walk in obedience to the lord true faith is going to walk in obedience to the lord when his things were warned of not seen of yet true faith is going to walk lord in obedience to god if it's costly true faith is going to walk in obedience to the lord and not do our own thing and our own agenda and call it god and call it the holy spirit we're going to walk in obedience to the lord That's what true faith produces. That's what it produced. Abraham and Sarah believed, and they received the child of the promise. They didn't receive a bunch of other things. They received the child of the promise. God gave them other things, but by faith, they received the child of the promise. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down when Joshua marched around them. That's what he received. Faith obtains. Faith lays hold. True faith in God receives from him Noah and his family were safe and saved. Jehovah provided salvation for them. He provides salvation for us through the blood of Jesus Christ. For whosoever will, whosoever will could have gotten on that ark and been spared from the destruction that came. And whosoever will today can be give their life to Christ and be safe and saved in Him and be spared from the destruction that is sure to come. It's not going to come in the form of a flood. It's going to come in the in the form of of hell on this earth through Antichrist. And then uh, those that survive, um, that. You know, we're going to be forced to take the mark of the beast and so forth. It's coming. It's coming. God's going to destroy the earth again in the sense of refining it with fire and make a new heaven and new earth, not with a flood. But uh, we, have to, we have to believe, God, and if our faith is true, we're going to obey the Lord. We're going to obey the Lord without any other commanding officer. Well, God's telling me to do this, but my spouse is telling me to do this or the world's telling me to do this or the workplace is telling me to do this true faith in God's going going to obey God period thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him so did he period that's why we're reading about him that's why we're talking about him that's why him and his household were saved from that flood that's how and why he obtained good witness that's how and why he became heir of the righteousness which is by faith he believed God to the point of obeying him above all else. That is something that would be common to all of us. We're not called to build an ark. We're called to live for God and live for him fully despite what we see around us. D, you can come. I'm closing with this verse. The altars are open. You can come now. I'm going to read it while you come. Come and ask God to strengthen your faith in Him. Come, we don't need a dead faith. We need a living faith. Come to these altars and ask God to increase your faith. Come and ask him to forgive you in times you have not obeyed by faith what he's called you to do. Come and ask him to use you to prepare uh, this gospel, to bring this gospel to people in our day that they may be saved. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. This is when Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. And the children of Ammon and the children of Moab and the children of Mount Seir were innumerable. There were so many of them that were coming to attack. And God, this is when the Lord says, you, you're not going to have to fight this battle. This battle's not yours. This battle's mine. They rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat, that's the king who trusted God, stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Then he gives them a charge. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall you prosper. This is before it took place. They were warned of things not seen, but they were promised they're going to be okay. Well, the armies are marching on them and surrounding them, and God says, you're going to be okay. I'm going to fight for you. And Jehovah, I mean Jehoshaphat stands up before the people and says, people, believe in the Lord your God. What a simple truth. He said, believe in your God. Believe in your God. So shall you be established. Believe in his prophets. So shall you prosper. That's his word that we have. That's his promises. We believe in God and we believe the promises that he's given us. Father, we come before you this morning. And just like Jehoshaphat charged the people, Lord, we're charging ourselves, God. We want to believe you, Lord. We believe you, God. Social will be established. Help us to believe your word, and your prophets and your promise, promises, God. Social will, will prosper and be established. God, I pray that you'd strengthen our faith. By faith, all these elders obtained a good report. By faith, they received the true righteousness of Christ and God. By faith, Lord, They subdued kingdoms and put armies to flight, stopped the mouths of lions and quenched the fires by faith in God. Lord, I pray you strengthen the faith of your people in this hour, Lord God. And I want to thank you there's still an ark today, the blood of Jesus Christ. There's still safety, eternal safety and salvation and forgiveness of sins. There's a rescue from the destruction that's coming. The righteous judgment that's coming. There's a a rescue from that. Noah found grace. Men today can find grace in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.